0: Two, three. Hi everyone. This is Joseph Anderson with Keeping Up with Joe. Today I'm joined by Sarah Avila. And Sarah Avila, you probably know her from some of my previous podcasts, where she's co-starred/slash co-hosted. And Sarah is an actress, model, entrepreneur, and child and teen voiceover artist, known for her co-star role on Thirteen Reasons Why. She's also voiced as a child and teen narrator for over 200 episodes in multiple YouTube series catering to young viewers. She has modeled and acted commercially for many well-known tech companies, including Twitter, Facebook, Google, and Apple. You can also keep an eye out for her and her current running commercials that will be seen on TV, the TextNow app, and during the Golden State Warriors games for Honda and Toyota commercials.
1: <laughs> Thanks for having me.
0: <laughs> you kind of get like instant, uh, instant access to the show because you're you're uh you're a co-host
1: Woo-hoo. yeah i think it's pretty fun having a front row seat
0: <laughs> <laughs> so anytime anytime you want to do a show just let me know we'll we'll do it actually how, what did you think of that last one with christine that was pretty cool right
1: that was like she's just a natural speaker She just is so um let me say She's really good with words, I guess you could say, as I'm struggling with my words right now. <laughs> yeah, she's, it was just really insightful, and I loved how she actually just kept going on. And she actually apologized to me after. She's like, I'm sorry, did I talk too much? I'm like, no, this is exactly what we're looking for. Oh, yeah. You know, just someone willing to share and be open and honest and uh, and just a dreamer. She's just a dreamer, That's great. <laughs>
0: Yeah, she actually said the same thing to me, and I was like, "No, you did, you did awesome. You know, we didn't have to push you along at all. I mean, you just kind of really gave a really good uh, impression of what it's like to be an acrobat and work in a circus. And actually, one of my uh, one of my friends at work told me, like, I asked him what he thought of the show, and he actually mentioned her episode as being one of his favorites because he said uh, he'd never even heard about what an acrobat does before, so.
1: No way! That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I think hers is probably one of my favorites now for sure of any of the podcast episodes. But all of you creative humans out there that have been on it, you're also very great and talented too. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm I, I'm really guilty because I've been listening to them like over and over again. <laughs> so I think that I think that I've been driving my own Spotify and pot and i uh, iPod or whatever iTunes podcast ratings up just by listening to them.
1: Oh my gosh! Well, there's there's no crime in that. You are a citizen of America and the world. You have the right.
0: <laughs> have you have you heard the new theme music that I'm using? No. Yeah, I added new I added new theme music. So after basically after, uh, well, this is kind of giving it away because now people are gonna know that I don't actually do it live. But basically, I cut in uh, some new theme music. So it's pretty cool. You should check it out. It's pretty gnarly.
1: Is that on the last episode with a uh, Christine? Yeah. Okay. Is that the first time you did it? Because I listened to the one uh, with our lovely violinist friend. And I didn't hear it there. But is it just on um, iTunes? Or is it like that everywhere?
0: So I actually went back and I cut it in. So yeah, you're, I'm, you're right. It didn't used to be there. And maybe even the one you heard with Christine wasn't there. But I went back and added it to all of them. Because it's kind of like you can't have a podcast without having theme music. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like there are some people that don't have podcast theme music on their podcasts. But... It just sounds way cooler if you do. So.
1: Oh, yeah. It makes it like super official. Wow. Oh, yeah.
0: I know. Pretty cool, huh? <laughs> you're
1: the real deal. <laughs>
0: <laughs> just by putting that in, I've, I've increased my credibility as a podcaster by like tenfold.
1: I would trust you now. You know, before it was a little bit like, oh, does this guy really know what he's doing? But now they have theme music. Like, yeah. You're it was like... a
0: little sketchy before. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it
1: was a little right. sketchy
0: now it's legit so it's totally legit right now now i now i go back and i listen to it just for the theme music and then i like we'll move on to the next thing <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's great <laughs> i'll look forward to listening to it
0: so what are, do you have any favorite podcasts of your own or or is, or is my is mine your uh, your main podcast that you like
1: huh.
0: or do you have any other i'm sorry i might have misphrased that but do you have any favorite podcasts out there
1: Oh, other favorite podcasts. Oh, gosh. Um, of course, yours is my favorite. I of mean, course, uh, I already know that. But. <laughs> <laughs> but if we're talking second favorite, then. Yeah. yeah, I actually listen to a few podcasts, and so I don't know if I'm open to saying, I'll, I'll say a safe one. Um, it is more of like a faith-based one with one of my favorite authors, John Bevere, and his wife, Lisa Bevere um and they they have like a really cool ministry and well they're they're just incredible writers and so they kind of just talk about daily things and issues within like that people have questions that arise in like the church or like oh like some stuff about like women or I don't know you know just like cultural things um so that one's really cool and then Ooh, I know I've listened to Joe Rogan a little bit.
0: I love Joe Rogan.
1: <laughs> yeah. Except and for, I've... yeah, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Okay, I'll go. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna be honest. I've listened to uh, Impulsive with Logan Paul. At, uh, oh. It
2: Shame.
1: entertains me. Is it good? <laughs> Is it good?
0: Yeah. I haven't listened to it. I should probably listen to it.
1: You haven't. Oh god. He's like our
0: age. I think. I think he's our pretty much our age, spot on. So it kind of makes sense to check out what your peers are doing, right?
1: Yeah. It's it definitely keeps me. Uh, let me see. Up to date on what's what's cool with the youngsters these days. So I don't know. There's some questionable things for sure, but it's always like such a different worldview than I come from that it's like, oh, is that what normal people do? I don't know. Are <laughs> they considered normal people? I don't know, but it's entertaining. <laughs>
2: there it really
0: is no normal anymore, you know. Like, society is so fractured along so many lines that people just kind of do whatever they want you now. And I feel like people can't really grasp that. Like, everybody just kind of does what they want, and it's kind of okay. You know what I mean?
1: That's true, except for... I think that's the problem that... That's the problem with you older folks <laughs> <laughs> I think that actually is, like, because they used to have a normal, like, this is what we oh, do yeah. in society. And that's, like, the whole uproar with why all oh, you millennials are just, you know, terrible little whippersnappers that now have no rights. And, I don't know, you have no thought process of what's right anymore and you're always being crazy so
2: yeah
1: i don't know they can't handle uh breaking the status quo
0: oh yeah (laughs) i feel like the biggest like the the biggest scandal of our time and this might be just the biggest scandal in in the history of america in terms of kind of a historic scandal if you think in terms of What's that book again? With the with the Scar- scarlet letter. If you think about that, like even if you go back to the scarlet letter, I think the biggest sort of scandal is people being hypocrites, right? That's kind of seems to me like what all the news is sort of. What's so shocking in the news is when people are hypocritical. I feel like that's what's really, you know, like even if you hear about this news that happened with like the Boy Scouts recently, I think I think it's because people are being they're in positions of power or something, or they're they they claim to practice one thing and then they don't. And I think that's kind of what's really tearing society up right now. It's kind of what well, yeah, That's what I've been thinking about lately.
1: I actually didn't hear about that, but I also live in a little cave out here, so. Maybe I won't maybe. get
0: into it. But if you want to get if okay. you, anybody who's listening, can can Google it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I totally will. <laughs> As long as it's not the Girl Scouts and no one ruins my Girl Scout cookies that I... Yeah, I'm, can you yeah. imagine?
0: You'd feel so oh guilty. My. You already feel guilty enough eating each one of those Girl Scout cookies because they're so unhealthy. <laughs> but then you'd be knowing you're fueling like uh, some horrible organization or something. Oh, wow. Anywho, back to more, more uh, relevant topics of the podcast. Sarah, why... I mean, we've already gone over this in our last time we talked. So we talked a couple months ago back in, I think, October of 2019 way back then when life was better than it yeah. is now. No, it's not really better. I'm just kidding. Things are better now. 2020 <laughs> is 2020 at least is like a solid thing. It's not 2019 about to be 2020. It's 2020. So, But we talked back then about your, the things you do in acting and the things you do, a lot of the things you do. And that was back before I actually knew that in order to be a podcast, you have to actually have like a website and you have to actually post your hop, your podcast somewhere and it has to be delivered to places on an RSS feed and that's what makes it a podcast. You don't just record it and put it on YouTube and that does that's not what makes it a podcast, you know what I mean? Now, in this new era, sorry, what were you saying?
1: Oh, I just said, whoa, moving up in the game. <laughs> yeah,
0: now I'm like an actual podcaster because I actually have an RSS feed on my website and it's actually being delivered to podcast delivery services and things like that, so... Oh, but yeah, man. so since the the time of this podcast becoming official, we haven't actually talked about what you do. So, you know, just maybe like just kind of share with everybody why it is that you got into acting in the first place.
1: Why did I get in? Well, because I just can't handle living without it. That's, I guess, the truth in a very short summary. Um, Let's see. When I was a youngster, I just kind of was born, and I just knew. And I was like, I saw Annie and The Parent Trap, and I was watching it as probably like a three-year-old, and I'm like, I want to do that. I want to do that for the rest of my life. But the problem was, I was an extremely shy kid, um, and so... My mom asked me if I wanted to do, like, when I was uh, getting into school, she's like, oh, you can sign up for, like, extracurricular activities. What would you like to do? And I knew that I really wanted to actually be an actor, but I was like, oh, I don't have the confidence to do that yet. So a really great avenue was by doing dance. I knew that I could perform and get those skills up, I don't know how I thought of this as, like, a little six-year-old child. (laughs) I know that I can somehow... You're a
0: Jimmy Neutron.
1: (laughs) Only (laughs) performance-wise, like, mentally. Everything else, I wasn't up on my uh, smarts. But somehow I thought this through. (laughs) Um, And so I was like... I know I can get there someday, but I know that in my like five or six year old body right now, I know that I don't have the confidence to go out there and speak in front of people because I still can't even, you know, talk to a person right next to me without hiding behind my mom. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, started out as a dancer, did ballet for 12 years in studio along with those like modern ballet tap jazz um and then i also along the way you kind of just once you do ballet it's kind of like the the what do you call it it's like you know the piano of it's the gateway
0: drug to acting yeah
1: yeah so once you once you do ballet you can do kind of like any sort of dance and pick Mm. it up pretty quickly
0: oh the gateway Um, drug the gateway drug to dancing then
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah so i was able to pick up just like random things like bollywood and uh swing and i don't know you know i love just swing like,
0: that's my favorite
1: oh yes uh, it never gets old <laughs> it, does, it definitely that's, gets old <laughs> <laughs> after 10 hours straight maybe yeah i actually went to a
0: swing <laughs> dancing lesson recently and i found out there's i found out there's a difference between east coast swing and west coast swing
1: oh whoa yeah i've definitely heard of them i just like i personally don't know the difference are they did you learn both of them
0: well, so I, I always learned East. So this is funny because I'm a West Coast person. And usually I'm kind of like a West is best kind of guy, you know. But yeah. with, in this case, I learned East Coast swing. And I actually like East Coast swing better because it follows a certain sort of rhythm and a certain sort of speed that's more fun. Whereas West Coast swing is really slowed down in order to make it more like sensual. You know what I mean? Like it's a lot it's a lot more like tango or something. It's really weird. It's not it's not the kind of swing that I think of as swing cuz you know when you think of swing it's all about spinning spinning really fast and all these cool moves you do and your feet are moving kind of fast. But with West Coast swing it's all about like ooh, yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's really yeah. You should go check it out cuz it's a lot different. I don't know which one you learned, but
1: I I don't even I probably the one you know more likely. Um, mm-hmm. not the I guess, you know, the one where you're always flipping chicks all the time, (laughs) throwing people around. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Kind of scary.
0: When I I was younger and I would go to those dances, the swing dances, and I would like flip a girl, it would be like everyone would just stop. It's like, well, this guy can flip a girl. You know what I mean? And then everyone would just like form a circle around us. And then, you know, it it was like you were like the king of the world, you know?
1: Oh, God. (laughs) <laughs> oh that's wonderful was this like some homeschool thing like mm-hmm. everyone's like oh. no,
0: this is actual college this was actual actual college people acted this way not a, i mean I, you know you kind of expect that at homeschooling but no yeah. uh actual college
1: oh man that's really funny <laughs> wow what a star you're a natural
0: <laughs> i was. i uh i traded it all in though for a paper and pen but yeah i could have i could have okay. been a contender
1: yeah <laughs> Well, and for never podcasting too late. <laughs> never too late. You can always hope oh, yeah. those skills out,
0: but where you are today, you're you're um, you know basically doing all these commercials, you're you've been in thirteen reasons. why? so that's that's kind of a big difference. When you were younger and you were doing this dancing and all this stuff preparing for it, uh, did you did you imagine it would be the way it is today, or did you think it would look differently?
1: Whoa. whoa, quite a question. Oh goodness. Do you mean, in regards to like where I am today, did I ever imagine that I would actually be here?
0: That or did it does it look like how you expected or is it different?
1: I think, wow, I think it does look how I expected it. I was more like extremely excited just to see um the process. and I've always loved just learning filmmaking and, you know, listening to audio comment, uh, audio commentaries and like just knowing the processes of like the camera work and camera tricks. And so I've always been fascinated since I was a kid. So I kind of knew a little bit of it, but um, getting into it, it's even better than I thought it was going to be. And um, maybe... Maybe I just love it that much. I know, you know, some people don't like the elements of it where you're just kind of waiting around on set, waiting for yourself to go on. But Mm. for me, I just I just love being around it and around the types of people that are there that are just also creative humans. And oh, yeah, there it's just it's just a dream come true. I guess, you know, that's the greatest way I can say. And I just appreciate it so much.
0: Have you ever seen the music video for "Wake Me Up When It's All Over"?
1: I don't know. You know, like that. So.
0: You know, by Avicii, the the late, the late and great Avicii, or and he has somebody else in it too. But anyways, it's like a bunch of people in LA, and I feel like I don't know, but I feel like when I picture you doing this stuff with other actors and actresses and stuff, I kind of picture it being like that kind of scene. But you haven't even seen the video, so you have to go watch it and then let me know if that's true yeah. to life or not.
1: Oh, I'm sure it is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Cause it's like super edgy and creative, you know. And a bunch of like, it's kind of like this girl goes from the goes from like this sort of weird life on a farm. Actually, it's kind of like you now that I think about it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> this girl goes to
0: like this life on a farm, and then she goes and like finds her people in like uh, I don't know some sort of LA-ish sort of town where these people are creative and interesting. You gotta you gotta watch the video and let me know what you think about it.
1: Oh yeah, I'll have to write down the name. What's it called again?
0: It's that song, like, wake me up when it's all over, when I'm wiser and I'm older. You know that one, right? I'm like, Do you so not thinking. know that song?
1: I don't know. You're chilling I
0: mean. me. X song was like the best song ever back in 2013 like, or 14 or something.
1: I'm trying to think if I was allowed to listen to the radio at that point <laughs> in my life.
0: That's okay. <laughs> I'm go like look it up.
1: totally serious.
0: When you go back, and listen to the, this uh, podcast. Just look it up; it's great. And let me you'll you'll let me know what you think. We'll we'll get back to it next time. But actually, you were saying something about how you were kind of shy when you were younger.
1: Yeah. Interesting,
0: because yeah. I I feel like I was really shy when I was younger. I feel like I feel like I'm still pretty shy today. Actually, oddly enough, even what? though I have to, I know. I have to do a lot of, I have to do a lot of things with people like new people that I don't know and that so it seems like I'm not shy but I actually am always really nervous anytime I have to do something like that with with new people and it's kind of like progressively more more nerve-wracking like the more big it gets you know what I mean so yeah. what what do you think people do you think a lot of people in entertainment are actually kind of shy or and what are some ways that people kind of can cope with that and get over it
1: I think everyone has like, their elements of like, nervousness. I think, you know, I don't know, you hear like musicians that are famous musicians, like, oh, yeah, like, I'll be scared the day that I stop being nervous. But I don't know, I'm, I'm personally not nervous for certain things like that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, everyone has their own like, insecurities. And I think it's more of like, more of an insecurity or a fear of like what if i mess up um but Mm -hmm. sorry did you ask a question how no
0: it's all good whatever whatever you thought i was just thinking i don't know something i think about is this sort of being because it's kind of i don't know maybe in different societies it's different but in america we're very extroverted i feel like as a society we're a very extroverted society and i feel like extroverted extroverted people do tend to kind of be to do better here although it's kind of changing with tech because a lot of people in tech aren't aren't super extroverted but i don't know i guess sometimes i just don't really feel like being extroverted you know what i mean and i feel like that must happen with with actors and actresses right and yet they
1: still have to be that totally happens with me but like it's more of like on the job i'm extremely extroverted and i'm okay but once i come home sometimes i'm like just going through the grocery store and i usually am at least in my family i'm the one that is extroverted so it's like sarah i don't feel like talking to the vegetable person Go talk (laughs) to them go do the thing you do you know
0: the vegetable guy can be
1: very intimidating (laughs) um and so it's like it's my duty to go do that because you know people know that i can do it but sometimes i'm just like you know i really don't feel it right now i i just feel like an extremely shy little turtle and i don't feel like putting myself out there and i feel like everyone has those moments mm-hmm. you know but i don't know is it just like you need to recover i don't know if that's why but
0: let's well, say like part of the reason why i prefer writing and content creation over like sales for example because in sales when I was working in sales I would have to take calls like maybe five times a day sometimes and I have to be really like like I'd have to be really sort of energetic and outgoing five times a day regardless of how I felt whereas I always feel like writing you know what I mean so yeah I I feel like some people must sort of be okay with just sort of being on all the time I don't know
1: I'm pretty, like, honestly, I I love putting myself out there. Like, mm. it's just, other than, like, those, it's actually a very rare occasion that I'm just, like, I don't feel like talking to the vegetable man. I'm pretty excited and just, like, I think it's so fun to talk to people.
2: Mm. Um,
1: and just, like, getting to, I don't know. I know I'm a little bit wacky and I am a little bit more, like, Hello, world, type of...
0: Yeah, you have a very unique personality, that's for sure.
1: <laughs> and I just, <laughs> I just like brightening people's days. Um, so I don't know if I can do that. I think I think that's what we're supposed to be doing, is going out there and like, Hello, how are you doing? And, you know, mm. if you can make someone laugh. I just like people making people laugh or, you know, hopefully bringing a smile to their face. Mm. So... So when did you
0: realize you were, when did you realize approximately how old were you when you realized you were a creative person?
1: A creative being? Oh, gosh. I I mean, everybody's
0: somewhat creative, but, you know, when when did you realize that that was kind of your main thing?
1: I think it was when I started to dance. So that was, like, in first grade, I was, you know, into dancing. I started kind of singing, and my mom is a singer also, so or I can't say also I'm I just sing everywhere so um, actually people call me like the Mexican Disney princess because I'm always <laughs> like dancing and singing everywhere right. and so um, yeah it was just like crazy early on and just you know once you know how to dance you just hear music everywhere and just can't stop dancing <laughs> so I guess I've always known interesting Yeah. I don't know. What about you? Like, did you know that you were kind of a creative being? Like, how did you know that you were a writer? And when did that kind of happen?
0: So for me, I've always been really weirdly good at writing and reading. So that's kind of always been something I've been really good at. So even when I was in this is going to sound funny, but even when I was, I think, in like second grade, I was already kind of reading above college reading level. You know what I mean? Like They make you take those little tests. You know what I mean? And my score, they couldn't calculate my score because it was already at college reading level. I kid you not. This is true. You can ask people about it. So for some reason, I've always been really good at that. And I don't know why, because it's not like I'm Bill Gates or anything. But uh, although not that Bill Gates is good at reading, I have no idea. But I just mean in terms of like, I'm not (laughs) a billionaire or whatever. But also, and then writing, I've always been kind of a natural at. And then when I was, I think I wrote, I think I'd written my first book by the time I was 14 or something like that. Like full length book, you know what I mean? So it was never really a question. I don't know. I feel so kind of lucky because there's so many people out there who grow up and they don't know what they're good at. And it takes them a long time to figure out what they're good at. Whereas for me, I've always kind of known. And then, of course, I was lucky enough to have people around me who encouraged me in that. I've had so many people, so many people encourage me. I'm so lucky this way to encourage me with writing, you know, where there's lots of people out there I feel who are creative and intelligent people. But then they don't get the right encouragement. Or even worse, people are mean to them about what they're good at. Which is kind of the worst thing you can do to somebody, right? When they have kind of a gift and then you tell them that they don't that they don't really have a gift or whatever. So, yeah, yeah I don't know. I don't think I ever, like, it's not like I was six or eight and I was like, I'm going to be a writer someday. I do remember being around maybe 10 or 12 and telling my mom that being a writer would be a cool job. But at that time, I had no idea what that would look like in today's world, you know. And today it's kind of crazy. Being a writer today is awesome. And it's extremely complex and a lot more complex than probably it used to be.
1: I feel like, well, you know, it was such a different world then, also of like, just a, at least in regards to writing and the opportunity that yeah. I guess the internet has brought even um, is, you know, I could imagine like from a parent's perspective of, you know, where the world was. And then, you know, like, oh, uh, good luck, kid. Like,
2: <laughs>
1: And then now that we have like such a digital impact and we can really expand into the media and digital world, I think it pr- opens up such an avenue for people to have access to even just pursuing their dreams of any type now.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I feel like... There was a time when it seemed like writing was sort of done and that's what i remember and I, I was very young during that time like you know what i remember you remember when borders closed right
1: oh yeah yeah
0: yeah so when borders bookstore closed it just seemed like writing was over with that's how it seemed to me at least i don't know if that's how other people felt but i didn't realize and that's kind of what this new book i i wrote the the gen zers guide to content marketing is partly about this is that i didn't realize that the internet would bring way more opportunity for writers than it killed right i mean for example you don't it's hard to get a job where you're a movie reviewer anymore because there's lots of people who do that just for fun or whatever but there's now every company every brand every politician every public figure uh like sarah will be when she when she's more the the established superstar artist that she's going to be going to have someone like me working for her and writing her stuff. You know what I mean? So everybody that's actually created way more room for writers than ever existed before. And people should be just, I think everyone should be super grateful for this. And that's kind of why I wrote that book.
1: I'm super excited to read it. I saw that you came out with it and I saw the titles like, Oh my gosh, I have to read this right now. Yeah. so super excited but that's so interesting and i i actually did feel that way and just every time or i guess like also looking back to what's that movie um the one with tom hanks and uh teia leone i think uh with the bookstore
0: oh called... i love that movie it's called you've got mail
1: yes yes like people are then... gonna make
0: fun of me for knowing that but i love that movie
1: no, it's such a classic. You can't <laughs> no, you make fun of you. It's so good. But yeah, just like seeing that with like I don't know. I guess it's a it's kind of a different story. But I just seeing like bookstores close. Yeah. it just feels like a part of the old world is dying. Just like oh yeah, like that's uh, expiring. Like you know, written the written word is is expiring and. I also hear, like, people say that, like, oh, are theaters going to expire soon? Just, like, in the same way um, Mm. of, like, in television, is that going to expire soon? Like, is this not going to be a thing anymore due to, like, Netflix and streaming things, you know, platforms? So, I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully at least I'll have a job, whether it's... (laughs) on netflix or some sort of streaming site
0: (laughs) it's funny because if you look at that i actually just recently watched somewhat recently i think around christmas time because it's i think it's kind of a christmas movie you've got mail but anyways it's a very fortuitous movie and it's very i don't think they realized how prophetic it was because not only was the bookstore closing because it was being put out of business because of a bigger bookstore but also there was the the email element the, like the digital word, right? So they, they were actually yeah. kind of showing how we were making this transition from a paperback society to a digital society. Funny enough, though, you probably don't know this, but actually in today's world, it's the opposite way around now. So that movie, if they made it today, they should actually, maybe we should just get together and make an indie movie about this. Because today, the big box, <laughs> the big box bookstore com- companies like Borders are now gone. This is just a, sh- a few years after that movie came out. Borders is gone. I think Bar- Barnes & Noble is still around. There's probably maybe a few other bookstores I don't know about that are around that are big ones. But actually, the indie bookstore has made a resurgence because really? people... Yeah, I kid you not. So, like, the indie small bookstore is now... And I've been to them, a lot of them. I've been to one in British Columbia. I've been to one in Dallas where they will actually feature local worker like, local authors' work and stuff. I mean, the local bookstores made a huge comeback. Like, crazy. So, this stuff is just so hard to predict and i don't know i find it really really interesting to be honest with you
1: that's so crazy which i you know i would could see that in like san francisco mm. kind of being a thing with their little culture but
0: <laughs> their little culture
1: <laughs> yeah that's not really not really a little culture but it it is a different culture than like you know where you and i live um, it's
0: different than most of america for sure
1: yeah. san francisco's
0: got something going on
1: yeah it's a little creature but wow, I don't. I wish we had little bookstores here. I feel we have like one downtown.
0: Don't...
1: Uh, really?
0: We huh. have one. Yeah. I mean, I think it's 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 we're you know it's not everywhere. It's not like every town has a bookstore now. But yeah, people like their their small independently owned bookstores now. It's crazy.
1: That's really cool. I <laughs> really like inspiring, that.
0: Inspiring. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how they make money. I really don't. But they do. So.
1: Maybe we're going to live as a society. Who knew? We're going to survive. <laughs>
0: there will be life after Amazon.
1: <laughs> That's great.
0: <laughs> so anyway, so tell us tell us a bit about your experience. Uh, we talked about it on our YouTube video. Technically not a podcast because it wasn't technically a podcast. But tell us a bit about what it was like to work on a major television series like 13 Reasons Why.
1: Oh, my gosh. It is... Oh. It's a dream, and it's also a lot of long, hard work. and I feel like almost like a terrible person saying that it's hard work to have to go on set and you know, be there for such a long time and do your lines over and over and over. So I did, um, I only had like really small parts since so I was a co-star. Um, but I had to do it like. 40 different times or 40 or more. It could have been like closer to 60 by the end of the day. So it was a 14 hour day and wow. you have like a 5am call time, which if you want to be a good human that has to be there 15 minutes early, then you actually have to be there at 445 uh, in the morning. And um, it's just, oh wow. I am. It's so dreamy. It's, it's a lot of work though and there's so much that goes into it. It's like to just have a a short scene, you'll have like you know 40 different crew members having to run all over the place and like camera operators and just the people that you don't see behind the scenes. Obviously, you're only seeing the actors, but there's just such a greater greater amount of effort going into it than you can just even see it's like watching the end of the movie and you're like how did all of those people possibly work on this one one show or one movie it's just like you know it's just such a team effort um and yeah I just feel so privileged and honored to have gotten the opportunity to be a part of something so so grand with you know some of the greatest technology such wonderful cameras that you you don't get to see every day it's they're just huge um and some incredible talent and people that are just so kind and you never i don't know you don't always expect people to be kind to you when you know you've been there for 14 hours working they're all still like extremely nice and wow you know, just just grateful.
0: <laughs> so what do you like better working on the big those big productions like 13 Reasons Why or or working on the smaller commercials?
1: That's actually always the question that my husband is always like asking me. It's like, you know, where do you want to go with your life? Do you like the small things or do you want to uh, go for the big things? And honestly, I'm uh, OK. OK. To be honest, I like the bigger um if if we want to go down to the nitty-gritty just because maybe there's an element of it that makes it feel a little bit more important a little Mm. bit more impactful Mm -hmm. of something that you know like commercials have a shorter run in life where it's like you know maybe it'll run for a year or even a three-year run but Like for a TV show, it's going to be there forever, basically. Mm, mm -hmm. You know, people can access it. So for that reason, you know, I want something to impact people for a lifetime Mm -hmm. rather than a short time. But in regards to experience-wise, I love them both. I love the smaller stuff because you get kind of a greater... You can kind of build relationships easier um, with mm, one, like the director. Mm-hmm. It just kind of depends on the scene also, but you can make more connections with the actors around you. Just the production and crew and, um, you know, you can make friends with a PA or whatever. You know, it's just easier to talk with people. But, mm-hmm. um yeah, just as a whole. I would love to do bigger work, of course. <laughs>
0: then how does voice acting compare to those two other things we just talked about?
1: Uh, <laughs>
0: for you, I mean like experientially. For...
1: Okay, personally, I actually really like acting better mm. um because I'm learning that I'm actually a more in- extroverted human. I thought mm. I was actually had more introvertedness in me, but I'm realizing that it's just kind of hard sometimes sitting in a room all alone with no one to really creatively work off of Mm. except for myself. Mm -hmm. And so I'm the one that's like, okay, one, two, three, go. Okay. (laughs) Put on your energy. And so like I have to put my whole body into it and still like I use hand movements and like facial expressions and stuff like that. And I still use that. Mm -hmm. But it's just kind of me working all by myself, trying to create a story. So I do like it. Uh, and it, I'm grateful for, you know, having creative work and getting to work from mm. home mm-hmm. in my own studio. But yeah, it's definitely if you're okay with working by yourself, I feel like YouTube people would really like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who are just like, you know, I don't want the pressure of working with other people. Um mm. So, so you're
0: more you're more collaborative in nature. So you kind of like more collaborative environments.
1: I do. I love working with people, and you know, just getting to know people, talking, and.
0: Cause yeah, I like a mix of both. Cause I actually really I like the same thing that you're saying. Like I like uh, I like getting to know people new people and working with people and the creative energy but when I'm actually working I kind of like I kind of prefer to be alone because I feel kind of like I'm weird when I'm working you know what I mean (laughs) I kind of like to be like (laughs) separated from things because I don't want people seeing me being weird you know what I mean
1: interesting I don't know you've
0: never had that feeling
1: um no (laughs) yeah
0: so I'm weirder than I think I thought this was something that all creative
1: people felt You're a weirdo. (laughs) No, just kidding. I don't know. I, you know, I have times where I'm just like, you know, I don't feel like going out there and I'm grateful to just work from home. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Sometimes where I, you know, I don't always feel like being social, like I was saying in those grocery store moments. Uh, (laughs) But other than that, like, for the most part, I think I'm realizing that I should probably be finding work where I work with people. Mm, because that's kind of where i thrive i guess sorry i my voice cracked like a little uh pubescent human <laughs> <laughs> boy
0: <laughs> that, does, yeah, that doesn't sorry. happen to girls does it
1: uh no not that <laughs> i know of <laughs> except for me apparently
0: <laughs> tell us a bit about yeah. your your entrepreneur entrepreneurial stuff some of the, the business you're doing mm-hmm. on the side
1: Other than voiceover and modeling, acting, I am an entrepreneur. So, well, first of all, I am starting a photography business, which I'm hoping to start taking like actor headshots. So actors out there, if you need some headshots, I would love to take a picture of your face. That would be nice. And hopefully... You can make money and I can make money and we'll all be happy. (laughs) Capitalism. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. So, other than that, like I'm really excited to really, you know, dig myself deep into that. And other than that, I would love to, you know, do other forms of photography like weddings because I'm just addicted to weddings. Which also brings up the fact that I am a floral designer as well. And so I have my own floral design company, which I work on for like weddings and special events. Um, As well as I have an online clothing business where I buy and resell clothes. So, yeah, I'm kind of a busy bee and just grateful for getting to pursue these types of dreams. And I've always been kind of an entrepreneur, or maybe I've just never liked people telling me what to do. And I'm just using that to my advantage. And, you know, being a creative human, also getting to just start these businesses is, I guess, invigorating and empowering. And you know, knowing that I have control of my future type of thing, or at least as much control as I have.
0: And you're you're a crazy good floral designer. I actually uh, reached out to your floral manager, your floral design manager person, to try to get <laughs> flowers for, for my wife for Valentine's Day. And he was like, oh, no, uh, sorry, we're not doing individual orders anymore. So <laughs> I guess you're moving up in the world because I, I really love your floral design. I think it was I ended up getting my wife something, which was great. But I thought yours was yours from the year before was better.
1: Oh, thank you so much. I'm so glad you liked it. <laughs> uh, I've just had some really bad experiences with um, certain individual orders,
2: mm. which were
1: just kind of a nightmare. And oh. so just because of that reason, we've kind of moved away from that, unfortunately.
0: Mm, that sucks.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's a wild one. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Awesome, Sarah. So where can people find you on social media, online? Where where can they find you?
1: On Instagram, you can find me at Sarah Avila Actor, um, which, or Sarah, S-A-R-A-H underscore Avila, A-V-I-L-A underscore actor, A-C-T-O-R. And that's kind of my main basis of like, you know, where I stay updated the most. I do have Twitter, which is also Sarah Avila actor. And I have Facebook, but I don't use that. But it's also Sarah Avila actor. Um, Why I don't use it is because there's some creepy middle-aged and above men that only follow me there. Ah, and
0: That's horrible.
1: Yeah, and it terrifies me. So I don't want to give them any sort of information of what I'm doing with my life.
0: It's okay. (laughs) Nobody, Nobody uses Facebook anymore anyways, so. (laughs) that's great i'll I'll also link to all your you you already know this because i I do this all the time but i'll whenever i have you on the show I, i link to you but i'll do that again also after this
1: oh perfect yeah sounds great
0: awesome sarah thanks so much for joining us for keeping up with joe and we'll see you guys next time
1: sounds great thanks